Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless all of you wonderful people. God bless you this morning. Truly, we thank God for all things. Choose a beautiful day. Uh, inside and out give you greetings in the name of the lord i pray that all is well with you and your family on today we're gonna get into uh our lesson on this morning god bless you i tell you i feel real good in my sanctified soul i pray that all of you uh that are listening are well and i want to thank you all uh for listening in i want to say this on the front end because i might forget it on the back end I was listening to a man the other day uh, telling me about the life of uh, uh, the, the late Billy Graham. I knew that uh, Pastor Graham was uh, one of the greatest evangelists in the world of all times. Uh, nobody preached to as many folks as uh, Pastor Billy Graham has. He filled stadiums and convention centers. He was just a great uh, pioneer for uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and as this man was telling me about Pastor Graham he was saying that everywhere that Pastor Graham went his travel he preached to kings he preached to queens and he's just been everywhere and preached to all kinds of people royalty uh, you name it they honored him uh, as a great uh, evangelist uh, of the world and they said one thing about Pastor Graham that really touched my heart just on the other day as I was listening to them as they was talking. There was a Pastor Graham was one of the most thankfulest men you ever met. Everywhere he went, he thanked everybody. He thanked the people that booked the hotel. He thanked the people that made clean his room. He thanked the folks that brought his food. He thanked the folks that, that transport him on in the car to the convention center, wherever he went. They said, Pastor Graham thanked everybody and when they were saying that to me that that, that touched my heart i said lord i want to be like that i want to just thank everybody so thank y'all this morning for coming out every one of you all that pushed your way out this morning looked like it was trying to rain thank y'all for coming and and those of you that are listening this morning uh by your device uh thank you for listening tuning in today and so i, I said when i heard that i said i'm gonna start doing like pastor graham Everything folks do for me, I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to try to make that a practice of mine, a habit of mine. Just thank everybody. Amen. If, if we go to the park and play ball, thank y'all for playing ball with me. You know, <laughs> we're just going to be thankful for everything. You'll see what I'm talking about as we get down into our word today. All right. I want to use today for a subject uh, titled, Don't Miss God's Timing and Purpose for our lives. Y'all get that? Don't miss God's timing. This is very, very important. Missing God's timing. If you miss God's timing, you're going you to be left out. Uh, and you're going to be missing a blessing. you just be left out. I don't want to miss God's timing for me. Whatever God has for me and, and, and the time that set for me to, to walk in it, I want to be able to just walk into it. Somebody said, I, I just want to be uh, lockstep with God. As God walk, I want to walk. If God stop walking, I want to stop walking. When he start back to walking, I'm, I'm just going to be lockstep 
uh, uh, in lockstep with God Almighty. Amen. When God said, let's go, Johnson, I want to I be ready to go. Amen. When he said, we just stand still. I want to, I'm going to stand still. I'm going to walk when he walk. I'm going to stop when he stop. Amen. I just want to be lockstep, uh, just locked in with God Almighty. And so don't miss God's timing. Timing is very important. If, if the man tell you, uh, well, the, 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 the bus will be here at such and such a time, I've never seen the, well, nowadays they will. If they see you running to the bus stop, some of them will hold up. But, but, and I've seen some of them joker run off and people was running across the street trying to flag him down. I'm coming. But he, he was trying to keep a schedule and he went on. But I've seen some hold up because they was his regular riders and he didn't want to leave them. But timing is very important. Don't miss God's timing. Lord, whatever you're doing in that season and in that time, don't forget about me. Amen. Can somebody say praise the Lord for that? Don't forget when you start in that season and time of blessing, don't forget about me. Amen. I want to make sure I don't miss out on God's time. When God start raining and pouring out blessings and when God uh, start healing, you know, there was a certain time in the Bible that, that, uh, that people was trying to get saved. They're at the pool, uh, uh, I believe it was the pool of Siloam. And uh, the, the Bible said the angel was come down a certain time and trouble the water. And when the water was troubled, everybody that got in the water, when the first step in the water, they were healed of their sickness and their diseases. Amen. So whenever they, they knew that uh, whenever the angel come down and trouble the water, it was time to try to get to the water. So that was God timing. So what I'm saying this morning to us is don't miss God's timing. Whatever God is doing in his season and in his time, you better get ready and move. Somebody said, uh, uh, when the Lord get ready, you got to move. Amen. I want to move when God get ready, his timing and his purpose for our life. So I want to just key in just a little bit this morning. I'm going to talk about purpose. A man asked the question, or a lady asked the question. So many questions have been asked. Uh, what is God's purpose for me in life? I've been saved. I've been in the church. I've all, I just don't know what my purpose in life is. You know, you never be able to, to walk in your full potential and be what you really can be to you understand uh, purpose and not so much your purpose and sometimes we as men and women we have a purpose but God has a purpose too I want to show you this morning that God is not so much concerned about our purpose in life my own agenda my own plans you know uh, but but God has uh, a purpose for you in life. And I want to show you this morning what his purpose for you in life is. And I want to show you this morning what the will of God for you in this life is. So today you should know what purpose is and the will of God is before we leave on today. The Lord's willing. Look at the book of uh, Job. I want to start there. In the book of Job. In the book of Job, Job 33, Job 33, start right there. Lord, bless the reading of the word and give understanding as we go. Job 33 in verse number 12, I'm going to start there. 
This is Job going through his troubles, his trials and tribulation. And afterward, uh, he began to speak to God Almighty and God began to speak to him. So Job, hold your peace. Let me talk to you. Verse number 12, he said, Behold, in this thou art not just. I will answer thee. Uh, that God is greater than man. Now, Job talking here, and he said one thing he do know uh, for a fact, and that is that God is greater than man. Can anybody say amen right there? Amen. amen. God is greater than man. He's greater than the president. He's greater than the mayor. He's greater than the governor. He's greater than anybody, uh, any elected official. Amen. He's greater than men. There it is right there. God is greater. I know that for a fact, and I thank God for that. God is greater uh, than man. Verse 13 said, why do thou strive against him? So many people, they strive against the Lord. You can't, you can't handle God. God is too much for you. God, nobody can box with God. Brother, your arm too short. To box with God. God got long arms, broad shoulders, and I tell you, he got a knockout punch. So why, 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 why doest thou, uh, sister, why do you strive with God? You, you are no, no match for him. Why do we do that? For he giveth not account of himself of his matters. One thing about God, as I said on last Sunday, Lord, uh, as you remember, uh, God don't have to give an account. As the devil had him up in the mountains and wanted to say, well, if you be the son of God, do this. Y'all remember that? But God, he don't have to prove anything to anybody. And the, and the word said, God don't have to give an account to any matters. Whatever the situation is, whatever it might be, God don't have to answer you. Lord, why you, why you allow this? God don't have to answer you. Job was going through a lot of sicknesses at this time. Sores all over his body, children gone, wife turned her back on him. And, and, and God didn't have to answer Job anything. Uh, Lord, why, why my children? What, what about my wife? God, Job understood it. He said, for he give not an account uh, of any of his, what? Matters. Anything that concerning God, he don't have to answer to no man. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. Don't miss God's timing. And it's perfect for our lives. So he don't give an account to nobody. He's greater than a man. Verse 14 says, we're going to read just a little bit here, down to verse 33. Check this out. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. You know, God speaks, brothers and sisters. God speaks through all the many things in life. God speaks to us these ways. Sometimes God speaks to us through a man, through your pastor, through your through your teacher, uh, through things in life, uh, the, uh, the, the rain, the wind, uh, things that are going on in this world, God speak to us. And, 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 and as the song goes, it says, uh, God trying to tell you something. God trying to tell us something. Sometimes even the loss of our loved ones, our parents, our mom, our dad, our sisters, our brother, uh, God trying to get our attention. Are we listening? Somebody said, Lord, you got my ear. 
you, uh, you got my ear. You got, you have my attention. Sometimes we see these things happening and people don't pay it no mind. Their handwriting is on the wall. Amen. You, you, you barely got by, almost got hit by a car. Amen. Almost got shot by a, a, a mistaken identity. All these things happen to us. Amen. Uh, God trying to get our attention. He said, but God speak once, yea, twice. God speak more than that. He, Job said speak once and twice, yet man perceives not. I go as far as to say God speak more than once, God speak more than twice. God have came to us many, many times trying to get our attention. Many times he tried to get my attention and I didn't hear him. Many times he tried to get your attention and you didn't hear him. Not just one time, more, not just twice, but more than that. God tried to get our attention. He's trying to get man's attention right now today. Look at what's going on in our world. Our world is in trouble and God trying to get our attention. Yet we perceive it not. We don't pay it no mind what's going on over there. What's happening over here? We pay it no mind. Oh, but God is trying to get our attention. Amen. We have to pray. Pray for peace. And God trying to get our attention. So notice what he said here. He said, for God speak once, yea, twice. Yet man perceiveth it not. And still don't get it. Verse 15 says, in a dream, God come in dream trying to get you to stop doing what you're doing. God will give you a bad dream about somebody else, uh, something bad happened to them, but he's trying to get to you, but he showed you a dream about them. Oh, but we still don't get it. Yet man perceiveth it not. He's, he speaks in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep fall upon man, and slumber upon the bed. You can be in your bed in a deep sleep, and God trying to talk to you. God is trying to get your attention. Amen. But yet, man perceive it not. So many times, God have came into my dream and, 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 and disturbed me. He was trying to get my attention. He's trying to get your attention. So, brothers and sisters, are we listening? Are we paying any attention to what God is saying? He said, notice what he said. Notice what he said here. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep, y'all know anything about deep sleep. I'm not talking about light sleep. I mean, with deep sleep, you don't hear nobody. Amen. Somebody knocking at the door, but you can't hear them. I'm talking about deep sleep. The phone ringing, but you didn't hear. Uh, a lot of noise and activity going on, but you was in a deep sleep. Didn't bother you. It stormed last night. Somebody said, did you hear that storm? I ain't heard a thing. You was in a deep sleep. Deep sleep. God sometimes calls a deep sleep to come up on you. That other thing can't get to your attention, but God can. God can. Deep sleep come up on man. Notice what he said. In the slumbering up on the bed. Here verse number 16 said, Then he opened the ears of men and sealed their instruction. When you're in a deep sleep, God opened your ear and put instruction in your ear and seal instruction that he want us to follow. Verse 17, why do God do this? Why do God come to us in dreams? Why do God come to us in, 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 in other things in life, through people, in accidents, and through crisis? Why do God do all this? Verse 17 tells us why he do that. That he may withdraw man from his purpose. There it is right there. And hide pride from him. 
God comes to you in dreams and visions and deep sleep upon the bed that he might give you the instruction, my brother, that you need, that he might withdraw. Somebody said, withdraw man from his purpose. We're talking about God's timing and God's purpose for our life. God wants to withdraw all of us from our purpose in life because my purpose is to do my thing, to do what I want to do. And this is what everybody is doing right now. Everybody's about doing them, doing their thing. And God said he come to us in dream to withdraw us. Oh, you can't do that. I don't want you to be a movie star. I don't want you to be an actor. I don't want you to do it. I want you to do, do my business. Can you say amen somebody? God has something for all of us to do. And sometimes he may not want you to go after that. What you're trying to go after. He wants you to go after what he wants you to go after. And so he said right here, he, he, he does this that he might withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from him God trying to save you man look at verse 18 said he keep he keep back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword God come in dreams God come when we are sleeping up on the bed he, he gives us dreams and vision to keep us he don't want us to be lost God say do all these things do what to keep you from the pit and they keep you from perishing by the sword. So many times God has spoke, told people, don't leave home. They thought about going, well, I'm going out with my friends. And God told them, don't go out. They went out. Something happened. They didn't come back. God be trying to save our lives all the time. All the time he's trying to save our life, but we don't pay him no mind. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going right up here. I'll be right back. And the Lord is saying, well, you might not all go out tonight. You might not all get with the guys tonight. You might not all go to the party tonight. You might not all go to the dance tonight. Well, I'm going because I always want to go and, and, and get up there and some shooting break out. Amen, somebody. God always try to save our soul. Amen. There it is right there. Y'all see it? He said for he keep back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Uh, the sword here means some type of weapon. And the weapon that men are using today in our time, not so much a sword, is so much shooting going on in our city. You can't go nowhere. You can't wake up uh, uh, the next morning without hearing somebody got shot last night. Shot some kid. Shot somebody. Shot up in the house. Killed a little baby. Sitting in the car. You can't go anywhere. Our men and women, our boys and girls are perishing by the sword. And the sword is interpreted today by the gun. They're being killed by the gun. Fools got guns. And bullets don't have eyes. That's what it told me. Amen. And so the bullet can be for anybody. And so God said, I'm trying to keep you from perishing by the sword, by giving you these instructions. I'm, I'm keeping you alive. I don't know about you, but I thank God today for keeping me alive. I know so many dangers and hurt and trouble have been all around me, but God is keeping me and you alive. Somebody said, thank you, Lord Jesus, for keeping me alive. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's everywhere now. Shadow of death is everywhere. But David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Amen. God got all this around us to protect us. Stay under, brothers and my sisters. Stay under the protection of God Almighty. Cover somebody say, cover me, Lord. Cover me. You're seeing when the police come out, amen, they, they respond to a, a crisis, a scene they would call out. Amen. He'd be the first one to get there. He, he called for backup. He needs somebody. Cover me. Cover me. We got a, got a crisis situation here. So the other guys, they get there to cover the officer that came. So this way we want to do with God. When we respond to things and we go out in this old evil world, I need God to cover me. Cover me, Lord. Amen. Cover me, Jesus. When I go up to croak, cover me, Lord. I know I know some crazy folks up there. Cover me, Lord. I got up early this morning, went to Walmart, picked up a little something. And as I was getting out of the car, I saw this lady in the car over there. And I had to go between this car and her car to get by. When I saw her open her door, I turned and went the other way. And when I turned and went the other way, she looked at me with a look as, as if to say, hmm, you ain't going to come on through here. I don't know what was on her mind. But our Lord, I thank you for covering me. In the name of Jesus. I hate to get robbed on Sunday morning. I don't know what was on her foolish mind. But God said, don't go that way. Go this way. And so when I turned and went the other way, it looked like it thrown her off. So I don't know what her purpose was. and ain't trying to find out. But Lord, I thank you for covering me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look what he said right here. All right, so keep thy soul from the pit. And, 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 and from, uh, uh, from thy, uh, perishing by the sword. Verse 19 said, he chases, he is chasing also with pain upon his bed and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. Sometimes God will put you in a bed of affliction trying to get your attention. He don't want you to lose your soul. He don't want you to go down to the pit. He don't want you to be destroyed by the sword. So sometimes God, God will afflict the body. God will uh, uh, put pain on a person. Yes, he'll put you in the bed sometimes. But God said, I'm trying to save him. I'm trying to save him. I'm speaking to him, but he don't get it. I'm trying to get him to slow down, but he don't get it. So sometimes God will put us in a bed of affliction and causes us to be sick. Because he's trying to save our soul from the pit and to keep us from perishing from the sword. No, notice what he said. Well, I, I, I put pain on him. Up on the bed and multitude uh, pains, uh, bones uh, with strong pain. Verse 27, so that his life abhors bread. Your God can cause a man to lose his appetite and his soul dead to meat. But I just don't feel like eating. Sometimes, you know, God trying to get out his attention. If anybody you ever been that way, I just ain't got no appetite. I lost my appetite. I, I, I ain't got a taste for nothing. I just don't feel like eating. Oh, you know, you can't go long like that. But sometimes God allow people to get that way because he's trying to get their attention. And when you, when you get your appetite back, you can say, Lord, I thank you. I got my appetite back. I feel like eating a little something. Amen, somebody. And so God said he and he lost his taste for bread and, and meat. Verse 21 said, his flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen. This man lost a lot of weight. And his bones that were not seen, they sticking out. God brought this man, he was fat and fine, brought him down to sticks and, I mean, nothing. And he nothing but bones now. God put him up on a bed of affliction, trying to get his guy trying to get his attention, but man perceive it not. Woman perceive it not. God has afflicted you, and you ain't thought about God one way or the other. 
I'm trying to tell you something. God has a purpose for you in life and you don't want to miss out on God's timing and you don't want to miss out on God's purpose. Verse number 22 says, Yea, his soul draws near unto the grave and his life is to the destroyer. This, you're almost about to get out of here. But guess what? When God got something for you to do, you ain't going nowhere. He's just trying to teach you a lesson. Can you say amen? God trying to teach you a lesson. When he love you, when he got something for you to do, he allow things to happen to you, but he's not going to kill you. He's not going to destroy you. He's trying to get your attention. Remember, he want Jonah to go down and preach to Nineveh. And Jonah went everywhere but Nineveh. So what happened to Jonah? He got swallowed by the whale. God ain't going to kill you, but I got something for you to do. Amen, somebody. I got something for you to do. His purpose, his will. You got to do it. You got to go through it. Somebody said, well, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do that. Well, oh, God got something for you to do. You got to do it. Paul didn't want to preach, but when God got through with him, he went on down there to the road of Damascus, and then he met Ananias and prayed for him that he might receive his eyesight back. Next thing you know, Paul was on the Lord's side. So somebody said, Lord, what the hell it takes? Sometimes we got to get to this point with our children and with our family and our cousins and our uncles and relatives, whatever, our grandbaby. We got to get to this point. Lord, what the hell it takes? Save him, Lord. Save him. Whatever it takes, Lord, save her, Lord. In the name of let them go through some trouble. They ain't gonna die. God ain't gonna kill them. But God trying to get their attention. Can you say amen, somebody? Get their attention, Lord. Whip them, Jesus. Whip them. A lot of them left the church, don't want to come back to church. And whatever it takes, Lord. If you do it. Do it. Do it. Whip them till they get a mind. Well, I guess I better go on back to church. When that trouble start coming your way, you you go find your trouble ain't came now. You ain't seen trouble like it's gonna be. But when God gets through with these folks and putting what he's gonna put on them, they gonna find the church. Can you say they gonna want some church? They gonna want some prayer. They're gonna want a lot of things when God gets through putting on them what he's gonna put on them. We you somebody said you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. What how God gonna deal with man and how God gonna deal with woman because the way they deal with him. Check this out right here. Amen. Verse 23 said, uh, If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show unto man his uprightness. 24, that he is gracious unto him and said, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. So God is really trying to uh, let man know that, look, all what you're going through, uh, I still love you. At the end of the day, you are mine. I made you. I created you for my glory. And God said, I love my creation. Don't you know we are wonderfully and fearfully made. We are made in the image of God, and God loves his creation. And God will not abandon his people. Can you say amen, somebody? You may be going through a little something, something right now, but God not going to leave you out there always. He's going to have to let you go through a little something, something now. You're going to go through something, but God not going to abandon me. Oh, yeah, he's not going to forsake me while we call, we know in his word. Then he said, he said, I will what? I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I won't let you down. Amen. You, you, you may not see me for a little while, but I'm still with you. Can you say amen, somebody? I'm still with you. No matter what you're going through, God still loves us. Check this out right here. 
verse number 25 said, his flesh shall be fresher than a child when the Lord get through. He shall return to the days of his youth. God going to renew my health. Somebody said, renew my health. Renew my strength. In the name of you. I've been, I've been, I've been healthy. Health of health. Somebody said, healthy as a horse. Then I've been sick as a dog. Amen, somebody. And so, but God, God brought us back. And I thank God for bringing us back. He said his flesh shall be flesher, fresher. Amen. I remember uh, when I had uh, uh, my surgery back here some time ago, I lost all kind of weight. Got pole in the face, losing weight, pants falling off me. Have to tighten the belt up two, three more notches. <laughs> Nephew, everybody said, Uncle, you lost a lot of weight. I said, yeah, I did. I ain't going nowhere, though. It's just something going on. God brought me back. Look at me now. Amen. Look at you now. You went through something, but look at you now. God still love you, but you had to go through a little something, something. Then you hear what I'm saying? His flesh shall be fresher than a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. Man, I feel like I can jump and run and holler. Verse number 26. He shall pray unto God and he will be favorable unto him. Oh, somebody said, Lord, thank you right there. That, that, that's a praise break right there. He shall pray unto his God, and he shall, God going to be favorable when I call on him. God going to answer me. In the day of trouble, in the day of adversity, I'm going to praise and ask the Lord for help, and God going to be favorable. Oh, I asked the Lord for a blessing the other day, and he came through, y'all. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. God blessed the other day. A woman told me to do such and such and such. I said, I don't know about all this right here. I did it. Lord, no, Lord, have mercy. And a couple of days later, she said, in two days, you're going to get a blessing. And she said, show you, bone. Two, two days, somebody dropped something in my hand. Amen. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's awesome. He, he, he shall pray unto God, and, and he will be favorable unto him, and he will show his faith with joy, for he will render unto man his righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for rendering unto me your righteousness. Verse number 27 says, He looked upon men, and, and if any say I have sinned, and perverted that which was right, and it profit me not. He would deliver his soul from going into the pit. Y'all hear what he said? And his life shall see the light. If anybody said, Lord, I've done the wrong thing and I shouldn't have done it. Just confess your sin. That's honest confession. They say it's good for the soul. There it is again. Let me read it to you one more time. That's that honest confession kicking in right there. Look at it again. Verse number, verse number, uh, well, I'm at 27. He look upon men and if any say, I have sinned. I messed up, y'all. And perverted that which was right. And, and it profited me not. I done wrong and it didn't do me no good. God said he would deliver his soul from going to the pit. And his life shall see the light. Amen, right there. So that's enough to say, Lord, I thank you. All you got to do is say, yeah, I done wrong. And I shouldn't have done it. Didn't do me no good. Wish I hadn't have done it. God said, I'll, 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 I'll take care of that. I'll fix you up. Amen. I deliver your soul 
and you shall see the light. Verse 29 said, Lo, all these things work at God oftentimes with man. And, and, and throughout life, throughout my life, I've seen God do these things oftentimes in my life where your life you messed up and you confessed you messed up and God still made a way. God still opened doors. He still opened windows. God still blessed you and provided for you. When you acknowledge God acknowledge you made a mistake. God said, oftentimes, he do these things unto men and to women just when they confess their sin. So don't let nobody tell you now uh, anything wrong. Honest confession is good for the soul. And y'all need to confess sometime that you done wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with saying you messed up. Amen. What's wrong is when you mess up and don't say nothing. And can you say amen, somebody? When you mess up and don't say nothing. That's what God like hates when they mess up and don't say nothing about it. God's but when you when you uh, uh, confess it, amen, God will turn around and bless you. Amen. Look at verse number 20, uh thir- number 30. Uh to bring to bring back his soul from the pit, to be enlightened with the light of the living. This is what God do these things all the time to bring back your soul from the pit and that you might be enlightened with the light of the living. God wants you to live, my brother. God wants you to live, sister, in the name of Jesus. So, so what he does, he wants to bring your soul back from the pit. So many of us, we on our way down. Devil got you doing this and doing that, trying to kill you, and you don't even know it. And God trying to bring you back from the pit. Through your friends, through your neighbor, through prayers of others, amen, and through the things that God is saying and showing you in your life. God trying to save your soul and bring you back from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. Verse 30 says, Mark well, O Job, hearken unto me. Hold thy peace and I will speak. God, hear God talking now. Hold, hold up, Job, you said enough. 32, if thou hast anything to say, answer me. Speak. For I desire to justify thee. Verse 33. If not, hearken unto me. Hold thy peace and I will teach you wisdom. Job, you said another time you listen to God now. Sometimes folks need to stop talking and listen to God. You said enough. Try and justify yourself and make up reason for this and that. Just, just hold it. Just hush. Don't say no more. Don't say no more. Just ask God for some help. Somebody say, help me, Lord. There ain't no, there ain't no sense in saying nothing else. God do these things because he want to withdraw man from his purpose. Come on, go with me just a little bit further in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, there's a hard book to find. It's right behind, right behind Psalms and Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes. Y'all can find it. Y'all been reading the Bible. You know it by now. The book of Ecclesiastes. Come on here. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. We're talking about don't miss God's timing. Timing. Got to be at the right place at the right time. And God pouring out blessings and you not even there. God, God healing and you are not there. God is opening doors and, and you nowhere near the door. Don't miss God's timing and his purpose for our lives. I don't, I don't want to miss it. I want to be there. Lord, when you start doing these things, I'll let me know I want to be there. 
Amen, somebody. Look at Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. We're talking about God's timing and God's purpose. We got to understand the timing. Look at the time that we're living in now, day and time. Look at what's going on in our world. Russia taking over this country, bombing people, killing children. You're not supposed to kill children. You, you shoot soldiers. We understand when you're in war. But when you start killing children, innocent kids, that's considered a war crime. They don't care. They don't care. Look at the timing. We got to start looking at the timing. Brother, timing is very, very important. I see God soon to come. I see God getting ready to come back for his church. So much is going on. The world is going crazy. Timing is important. Look at the time. If you don't look at nothing else, look at the timing. What's going on? What's going on? What's happening? Don't nobody love nobody no more. Don't nobody want to help nobody no more. Look at the timing. Look at the timing. We're living in the last days. We're living in end time. Look at Ecclesiastes third chapter. I'm going to read it right here. We went through it before, but I want to come back again. Ecclesiastes third chapter, verse number one. He just tell everything there is a season. That is so important. If you don't get nothing else, season is so important because God not going to keep doing it all the time. Listen, somebody said, "Well, I ain't seen a miracle in a long time. I like to see a miracle." Our man was talking to me the other day about it, and we came to this conclusion. If God do a miracle every day, then a miracle won't be a miracle. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Miracle is something that's rare and something that you don't hardly see. It goes against the laws of gravity, the laws, the laws of, of science, the laws of everything, and miracles don't happen all the time. But if you do a miracle every day, every second, then people will be used to miracles, and a miracle won't be a miracle anymore. Can you say amen, somebody? Miracles are rare, but they happen. Can you say amen, somebody? God is healing somebody right now. Can you say amen? Miracles happen every day somewhere. May not be happening in your church every Sunday, but they happen somewhere. So he said to everything there is a season. There's a season God going to be dropping miracles. Folk eyes going to be coming open. Folk going to have all kind of sickness and disease. The doctor say, I don't know how. I don't know what you've been doing, but keep on doing it. Yeah. Things going to happen in seasons. It's timing and season is very important. And, and, and then and there's a time that everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. So there's a time and a season and for every purpose under heaven. And there, there's a time, let's let get into it, verse number two says, a time to be born. Y'all see it? There's a time for the baby to come into the world. All right, and he goes on to say, a time to be born, a time to die. You can't keep being born and born and born and born and born and born and never die. Be too many people. Too many people here. So it's time for the babies to be born, and there's going to be time for these babies to get out of here. Y'all follow what I'm saying? A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. I mean, being a country boy, I understand that. There was a time my dad went out there and plowed the field and put the seed in the ground. There was a time to do that. 
And then there came a time for us to go get this, what we put in the ground. Get it up. Get those sweet potatoes up. Now, it was a time. And some of y'all waiting on a blessing and, and you just getting impatient. I mean, I've been waiting on a blessing. Seems like it won't come. There's a time for it. There's a time for it. And it's coming. And you just make sure you're in the right place when, it, when, it, when it's time uh, to happen. All right? A time and season for all things. A time to plant. A time to pluck up that which we're planting. Verse 3 said, a time to die. Or a time to kill, rather, and a time to heal. So sometimes there's a time to kill and there's a time to heal. So, you know, there's not a time to heal all the time. There's a time for that. Okay, go a little bit further. He said, a time to break down and a time to build up. There are time to break down, to, to destroy something, to, to just demolish the building. And then there's a time to resurrect a brand new building. Sometimes what God, and, and see what I see going on here in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, I see construction. I see construction. Somebody said construction. I see construction in, in, in operation right here. Man under construction. A woman is under construction. Then sometimes God got to come and restruct your life. Just reconstruct it. Tear you down. Because look, you, 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 you going the wrong way. You got it all wrong. God didn't make you to drink up everything. He didn't make you to eat up everything. God didn't make you to drink, to smoke up everything. You, you, you got to be, this is time of construction right now. God got to break us down and then build us back up. Amen, somebody? Amen. That building that building done got old, dilapidated, about to fall in. We done drank ourselves almost to death. We done smoked ourselves almost to death. We done ate up everything almost to death. And we just in trouble. And God got to reconstruct us. There's a time and a season for all things. So he said there's a time, what? To break down. And right now, Lord need, a lot of us need break. Lord, break me down. Just break me down, Lord. Just build me all over again. We just gone live and went so wrong so long. Our life just messed up. God got to break us down and, and build us back up. This is what Ecclesiastes is all about, a reconstruction of folks' lives. All right, a time to break down, a time to build up. Verse 4 says, a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to death. All this stuff is timing, and you want to make sure you don't miss God's timing and God's purpose for our life. There's a time to weep, cry. Cry is a time to just shed tears. I can't cry all the time. I ain't going to let you make me cry all the time. Nobody won't see nobody crying all the time. It's, hurt, it's bad enough to just see somebody weeping sometimes. But to see them, every time you see them, they're shedding tears. Oh, my goodness. That's too much on me. That's too much on you. Isn't it? Just cry all the time. Cry, but somebody said, "Cry, baby." You remember when we were when we were little, and when you be playing with the boys, we be out there, and every now and then, there always was a cry, baby, in the bunch. We be having fun. You knock him down, he start crying. Man, get up, cry, baby, cry, baby. Always a cry, baby. And a lot of God's people like that today. A lot of saints, they ain't nothing but cry, baby. Stop crying, baby. Stop crying. There's a time to cry, and there's a time to stop crying. Can you say it, man, somebody? Don't cry all the time. The devil know he can keep you crying. He's going to keep you crying. There's a time to weep, but he went on to say what? 
There's a time to weep and there's a time what? The time to laugh. Let's see some laughter. Let's see some. There's a time to laugh and enjoy yourself. Amen. He goes on to say, a time to what? Weep and a time to laugh. And there's a time to mourn. Where we just lost a brother. I lost my cousin the other day. There's a time to mourn. And then there's a time to dance. I'm fertilizing my cousin on next Saturday. My first cousin. We played together. We fought together. Got in trouble together. Got a whooping together. And he gone. And so there's a time to mourn. And there's a time to dance. Be merry. Verse 5 said, check this out. A time to cast away stones. And a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time that, that, that some people, they just need a hug. You know, COVID got everything messed up now. We can't hug nobody. Folks scared to hug. Man, don't hug me. I don't know if you got COVID or not. See? Everybody running. Everybody scared. COVID got us all scared. But there's a time to embrace. You know, and there's a lot of people, what they need is a good hug. Some of them talking about committing suicide, talking about taking their life. They don't want to live no more. Man, you don't feel love. That, that, that person needs some love. Somebody need to show him or her some love. He need a hug. She need a hug. Don't you take your life. You need a hug. You need somebody to show you that, that you have some worth. You have some value. Hug him. Hug her. Amen. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. Verse number six said, a time to get and a time to loose and a time to keep and a time to cast away. Now, I, I, I look at this verse right here. He said, there's a time to get. Right now, I'm telling you, you better get everything you can get. Time getting so hard now is a time to get, y'all. Put up some, put up some water, put up some cans, put up some fruits, put up something. Because you never know what might be down the road. There's a time to get. And when it's when it time to get, make sure you don't miss God's time. When it's time to get it, you get it. Somebody say, you get it, boy, you get it. Get out there and get it. Somebody say, well, I got it while I could. <laughs> I, when I had the strength, I was out there, I was getting it. Now make sure you ain't somewhere lazy and ain't doing nothing when everybody else is getting it. Amen. When, when you can get it, get it. There's a time to get it and work hard in life. And then there's a time when you don't have to do that no more. Then he said, there's a time to loose. And so after, after getting all you can get and all you can have, all you can put back in life, sometime it's time to let some of it go. And sometimes we get all the time and messed up. We just want to get, 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 and we don't want to let nothing loose, 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 loose. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We're just going to get, 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 save, 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 save. And we don't want to give, 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 none that we save, save, saved. I saved a nickel and a dime. And I don't mind when the time comes, giving a nickel and a dime. Can you say amen, somebody? But I, I want to make sure that I don't miss God's timing and God's purpose that I understand it. There's a time to get and there's a time to lose. Amen. And there's a time to keep. Y'all see it? And a time to cast away. A time to rent, a time to reap, and a time to sow. A time to... 
keep silent. Oh my Lord, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. So you make sure you don't you don't miss God's timing and God's purpose. There's a time to speak. Say something, man. Say something. You see what's going on? Say something. You see what's happening to our children? Say something. You see what's going on with the, in the street, in the, with your family, what's going in our world? Say something. There's a time to say, well, I ain't going to say nothing. I just ain't going to bother nobody. There's a time to say something. You can't sit back and be quiet. Matter of fact, to keep silent when you see something is, is, is you being part of what's going on. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. If you see something and don't say something, then you, you just as guilty as a person that's actually doing it. You see something, say something. Well, I just ain't going to say nothing to nobody. But I saw all that stuff going on. I seen it. I seen it for a long time. I just didn't say nothing. Why you didn't say nothing? Amen, somebody. Folks just don't want to, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. But he said now there's a time to keep silent. There's a time to shut your mouth. And then there's a time to speak up. Amen. When you see it going, going wrong, speak up. Amen. There's a time to be quiet. Don't say nothing. So I, I've learned it. I learned, I learned when to be quiet. And I learned when to open my mouth. Can you say amen? Don't miss God's timing. Y'all want y'all to understand that there's a time to open your mouth and there's a time to be quiet. If we would learn that, if we would just learn that and practice that, amen. You ain't got to sit under uh, everything going on. You don't have to speak to everything, everything that happened. You don't have to speak to it. And then there's something happening going on. You just got to say something about it. And that just don't make no sense right there. Verse number eight. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Verse 9 said, What profit has he that worketh in, in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the pain. I've seen the travail, the pain which God has given to the sons of men to exercise in it. He, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in the heart so that no man can find out the works of God that, that, that make it from the beginning to the end. Verse number 12 says, I know that there is no good in them but a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. There's some, you got to understand God's timing and God's purpose. In verse 13 says, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. You know, you work hard in life. Ain't nothing wrong you work hard in life. God wants you to enjoy something. You don't work hard, man. Sister, so, so y'all work hard. God wants you to enjoy some things in life. It's, he, said, he said right here, it's the gift of God. Sometimes you deserve a break. Sometimes you, you, you deserve a vacation. Oh, I ain't never been on vacation. I don't never go nowhere. You work hard. You deserve a vacation. It's the gift of God. You, you deserve some time. You deserve some time. To, to, if you want to have a bad day, have a bad day. I ain't doing nothing. I'm just going to lay in the bed all day. Somebody said, man, he in the bed all day. All this work out here to do it. Oh, it's plenty to do. He in the bed. You deserve a bad, bad day sometime. I ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to hit a lick at a snake. Sometimes I ain't going to do nothing because I done worked hard and I deserve it. Watch well, it, you ain't going to do nothing today. I ain't doing nothing today. I done worked so hard. I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to play with the boys. I deserve that. You deserve it when you done worked hard. 
It's the gift of God. Y'all see? It's the gift of God. Let's go on here. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go. All right. It's the gift of God. Uh, I want to get down to verse number 19. Uh, let's see. Verse 14 said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever, and, and nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which has been is now. Check this out. That which has been is now, and that which is to be has already been, and God required that which is past. Ain't nothing new under the sun. That which has been is now. Uh-huh. And that which that which is to be has already been. A lot of styles going on in life today. Man, them styles were back then in my daddy days. A lot of your hair cuts that you see going on. My dad, they used to cut their hair like that years ago. A lot of clothes they wear now. They, they wore that long time ago. They just bring it back in style. Ain't nothing new under the sun. We did that stuff a long time ago. Yeah. Praise God. Let's go on just a little bit further. All right. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. This is very, very important. Knowing the timing of God. I, I, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. Somebody said judgment. judgment. I saw the place of judgment that that wickedness were there. And the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. This is a crying shame right here. He said, I saw in the sun that the place of judgment, where, where the place of judgment? That would be the house of God, the church, the place of judgment. I looked at the place of judgment and wickedness was there. It's in the church, y'all. It's in the church. Wickedness is in the church. I mean, the preachers ain't right. The deacons ain't right. It's, the church is just messed up. Wickedness there. Uh, the place of judgment, the courthouse, the court, the, the judicial system is not right. It's not against you. It, it's against you. It's not fair. It give a black man too much time and give another man no hardly, hardly no time. Y'all see what I'm saying? It give another man hardly no time. And so he said, I look at the place of judgment and wickedness were there. Lord knows it ain't right when it come down to a lot of us. They throw our boys in there and throw away the key. That ain't right. And the other guy, they do something, they get away, they, they get a little slap on the wrist. Always oh, just give him a few. Three months and he back on the street. Give you 33 months. All right. So the place of wicked, the place of judgment, he said, I saw wickedness there. And then in, in, in the place of righteousness, wickedness was there. And, and there's a time there for every purpose, for every work. I saw in my heart, I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God has manifest them that they might see that they themselves are beasts. There it is right there. Man ain't nothing but a dog. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God said, it's been manifested that they ain't nothing but a beast. Our world is full of beasts. In the White House, the Poe House, all these houses, there ain't nothing but a bunch of devils up there. A nothing but a beast. Beast spirit. Bestiality. Man, that's a dog. Greedy, greedy, greedy. Take all the money. Steal all the money. Ain't nothing but a bunch of crooks. They're all of them crooks. Man, ain't nothing but a beast. All right? For that which, that which befalleth the sons of men, befalleth beast. Everything that happened to the beast happened to the man. Everyone, everything befall them. As the one dies, so die the other. Yea, they all have one breath, so that man has no preeminence among the beasts, for all is vanity. Man ain't nothing but a dog. 
Y'all heard that before. All right, now let me go a little bit further. I'm going to let you go. Don't miss God's timing and God's purpose for your life. He's trying to withdraw you from your purpose that you might understand what God's purpose is for you. What is God's purpose for me? Let's hit it real fast and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to show you God's purpose. God has a purpose for your life, my brother. God has a purpose for your life, my sister. And God's purpose is in come to the New Testament women in the book of Romans. Romans, the 12th chapter. Here is God's purpose. God's purpose is a call for consecration. God's purpose is a call for consecration. It's time that we set our lives aside for just the use of God. I want God to use me. This is the purpose that God made it for Romans 12.1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Here it is right here. What is God's purpose for my life? That I consecrate myself. Somebody say, I'm consecrated for the Lord. This is purpose for you. It's time. This is a call right now. This is a call to consecration. Look at what's going on in our world. It's a time that we need to get our life together. A call for a consecration. Get your life together. Get your house in order. A time of consecration. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Get your life together. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable servant. In verse 2 says, then what God is asking us to do is reasonable. It's not too much. It's reasonable. Amen. Don't miss God's time and God's purpose. So somebody said, what is God's purpose for me? Get my life together. He died that you might have a right to the tree of life. Get your life together. Get your head on straight. A call for a consecration. Time of all this foolishness need to cut it out. Drink up everything, eat up everything, smoke up everything, drug up everything. It's time to get our life together. Get our life together. That's what that's the purpose he has for us in life. Get your life together and consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Let God use you. Somebody, I want God to use me. So use me, Lord. Use me to help somebody. Use me to speak to somebody. That's what it's all about. God wants me to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody today. Get your life together, man. Get your life together, woman. God wants me to help somebody. Consecrate yourself. You better than that. You better than that. You better than that. The way you're living, you better than that. Amen. God knows we are better than that. Get yourself together. Let's go. That's what that's what God's purpose is. Now, somebody said, well, what is the will of God for me? What is his will? Now, we know his purpose that we be holy and be like him, get ourselves together. Now, I'm going to show you God's will. Here it is right here. Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Third, first Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. Amen. A few short verses. I'm going to let y'all go. Here is the will of God. This is the will of God. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. Y'all got it? I know you got it because you're good like that. Verse 18 says, In everything give thanks. There it is right there. The will of God is that you be a thankful individual. When a man told me, Billy Graham, thank everybody. Thank you for fixing my room. Thank you for fixing my food. Thank you for making my bed. Thank you for coming out this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
this is the will of God. God has blessed us so much and we don't want to thank nobody. Thank you for taking me to the doctor. Thank you for waiting on me. Thank you for praying for me because I sure need it. This is the will of God. I don't know what the will of God for me is. Yes, you do. You know right now. You know now. You know today. The will of God, you start thanking folk. I got up this morning. Sister Jones went in and cooked me a little oatmeal and made me a toast and a little Sasha. Yeah, got me a little turkey Sasha, a little oatmeal, two, three toasts. When I got through eating it, yeah, yeah, two, three toasts. <laughs> I got through eating my three, two, three toasts and my uh, two, three turkey sausage and uh, eat my oatmeal and, and a little glass of milk. And uh, I went in the back room and I thought about it. I said, let me go back and tell her, thank you. <laughs> so I went back and I said, thank you for fixing my breakfast. She said, okay. So this is the will of God. Stop thanking folks for what they do. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Thank you, cheering for what saying about you. Thank you for saying. Well, well, I, I, I know you know I'm your mama. Yeah, I know you're my mama. I know you're my mama. But some mama, you need to thank and cheer for saying about you. Cause some cheer run off and leave their mama. Can you say amen, somebody? They run off and leave their mama. Won't have nothing to do with them. Stop thanking folks. This is the will of God. Stop thanking folks for waiting and helping you. That's what I'm going to start doing from here down on. I got the word. I got the message now. Start thanking for. So I know what God's purpose for me is that I get myself together. And I know what his will is. I'm going to thank for from now on. Amen. When the man told me about Billy Graham, I said, oh, I need to be just like that. And that's, that, that's the will of God. There it is. First Thessalonians 5.18. There it is. You got it. Start thanking for they might start looking at you funny. Well, you never said nothing before, but just start thanking them. Let them deal with the rest of it. Just start thanking them. God bless you. Give, your Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand praise. I'm done. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.